A federal study released some findings, and uh, apparently it doesn't sit well with some PTSD advocates. Uh, This is about uh, PTSD service dogs, and they're studying the effectiveness and safety of these psychiatric service dogs used by people who live with PTSD. Uh, We're joined now by Medrick Kuzno, who is co-founder of uh, Pause for Thought. He is also a Royal Canadian Air Force uh, veteran. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Kelly. So listen, I I was interested in this study, first of all, because I would imagine that we already uh, supply our veterans and, you know, dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, these dogs, these service dogs. Is that not the case? Absolutely uh, wrong. We, uh, the federal government, uh, other than fund the study and fund the work for the development of standards, has not paid a nickel towards the care, upkeep, or purchase of a service dog for a Canadian veteran. So who takes that on? I do. Uh, other other non other organizations like Wounded Warriors Canada, uh, the Nova Scotia Nunavut Command of the Legion, um, those are the organizations that have stepped to the plate to help our ill and injured. Um, they're doing they're doing what the government should be. And so they are doing this study to find out if they're effective and if they're safe. You are a man who is, you know, you, you have 10 service dogs that you've placed uh, in this, not only for use in the study, but I imagine you place service dogs with veterans. Do we need to do studies on this? Are, I mean, y- you have PTSD. How effective is your dog? Uh, my dog is unbelievably she's effective. She's been a lifesaver and she is what spawned the program, Pause for Thought, and we've placed 92 dogs with veterans across this country. Um, so uh, we already know anecdotally that it works, okay? And, and the problem is right now is there's a huge supply-demand problem, and the government isn't – they keep hiding. The minister keeps hiding behind the talking points of we need to finish the efficacy study and we need to have the standards. Well, the standards are going to be wrapped up probably by Christmas, and the efficacy study, they already have enough positive outcome from that. So it it begs the question, what are they dragging their heels for? And, you know, here comes an 800-pound gorilla that somebody really needs to ask. So they're holding service dogs up, uh, psychiatric service dogs up, on the basis of this efficacy study. Mm -hmm. Okay? They have never done an efficacy study on the use of medical marijuana, but they are spending tons of money funding medical marijuana, and they're just starting to fumble around to figure out what the study is. And we've already got years of experience showing these dogs work with our handlers. So, you know, it, it really is a double standard. And, you know, the minister is hiding. Um, he won't talk to me. Why do, you, why do you think they don't want to uh, supply people with these dogs? I mean, how expensive is it to uh, train and, and keep a service dog? Well, re- realistically, depending on the particular program, costs can vary between ten and ten and $30,000 for a dog like this, mm-hmm. and that's gonna—that's about an eight-year working lifespan, and then you know your ongoing upkeep. Um, you know, probably looking at about 150 a month, food, vet bills, uh, you know, all of the things associated with having your psychiatric service dog. But when you look at that, when you try and put that into perspective, okay, there were uh, you know the government was spending uh, $10 a gram. 10 grams a day, 30 days a month, that's $3,000 a month, $36,000 a year on medical marijuana. No efficacy studies have been done. Um, they're doing that all, you know, I mean, it's one of the biggest line items that's exploded in the, in the VAC budget, yet we're being held, 
you know, to a different standard. And it's not just there. In the Income Tax Act, a psychiatric service dog is not ex- uh, an acceptable uh, service dog for the medical expense tax credit. Yet every other mobility, diabetic alert, blind, hearing, seizure alert, all those dogs are covered. And they're saying that they're waiting on the results of this efficacy study. There have been no efficacy study on those dogs done. So really what this is, is the minister is listening to bureaucrats and he's hiding. I want to ask you if you can describe how your dog has changed your life and what it does for you. Oh, uh, you know what? Best thing is to to wind the clock to 4.15 in the morning. Um, I routinely, for 25 years, had night terrors at 4.30 in the morning related to the injury, uh, the accident that I got hurt in. And never once did I have a, a mental health professional of any stripe ever wake me up in the middle of the night and say, you know what, buddy, it's going to be okay. I got you. Mm. My dog does that religiously every day. And now she's so good at it. She wakes me up before they start. And after about a three and a half year period of having her, I now thankfully have nights where I don't even have any of these anymore. And you can't put a dollar figure on those because night terrors are horrible things. And that's just a, uh, a, you know, one small slice Um, You know, getting out in public, um, our handlers were housebound um, in a lot of cases. They're they're stuck in their basements. They're hiding in woodsheds. They're they're anywhere. They're not engaging with the public. And now that they have their dogs, they're back out in public. I mean, these are, you know, they can they can sense oncoming panic attacks or dissociative episodes and take steps to intervene so that we don't have those issues in public. I mean, it, 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 you know, we're not talking about a well-trained pet here. We are talking about a task-trained professional animal that works. And, and the other side of this, and this is, this is crazy, we've got enough efficacy studies to show that therapy dogs work. I mean, that, that research, you know, I mean, there's, there's tons of it. Right. Yet, yet therapy dogs, professional therapy dogs, are actually one step down in the hierarchy they're actually, they come from schools when those dogs are not quite up to the service dog standard. They still have good public access and behavior. They just can't undertake the work that's required. So the government would have you believe that a therapy dog, which works in a 10 to 15 minute block with an individual, works, yet we take a better trained dog with a better skill set, assign it 24-7 to one individual, and now it doesn't? I mean, I'm sorry, but that. That just doesn't hold water. There's a lot of people right now listening to you, Medrick, and uh, shaking their heads. I know we have a, um, a large audience of people that support our veterans. There are a lot of people listening that deal with PTSD or know someone that does. So I want to keep, can I keep you on the line? I have to do a, a couple of points of business. Do you have a second to stick around and we'll get you on the backside? Absolutely, because this is a hugely important issue. I mean, it's a matter of life and death for some people. All right, we're talking about this uh, federal study on PTSD service dogs. Not sitting well with some advocates. We're talking with Medrick Cousineau, who is the co-founder of Pause for Thought. He's also a Royal Canadian Air Force veteran. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing some, you know, disturbing information from you and also some uplifting and really promising information about what happens with these service dogs. You're in the know. You said you've placed... Uh, you know, did you say 60-something service dogs with vets? Oh, 
92. Okay, 92. I'm close. I'm dyslexic. Uh, clearly, it's, it's audio because uh, that's what I thought I heard. But I want to uh, I, I want to ask you a little bit. Let's hit on this, uh, the study here and what got people uh, upset or at least uh, caused them to react. The uh, study commissioned by the Veteran Affairs Canada through the Canadian Institute for Military and Veterans Health Research found nine positive effects of service dogs on symptoms of PTSD. This is according to uh, the CBC and uh, two major undesirable effects. The positive ones were detection. Uh, your, your dog can d- detect when your uh, biochemistry changes, which I think is amazing. Prevention of these things happening. Control of crisis. Improved sleep. You mentioned that. Reduction of nightmares. Better concentration. Improved self-confidence. And increased social social participation, which is super important. We need to get people back out into the world and confident to be there. Uh, The undesirable effects are difficulty accessing public spaces and knowing how to react when faced with difficulty and stigmatization. Now, are they talking about, you know, are you finding, you know, when you have your service dog with you, that you're, you're finding it difficult to get into spaces and people are calling you on it? What's your experience? Well, we, we've we've had that, uh, you know. Luckily, most of the dogs and in, uh, in our program and most of our handlers have had very little public access issues. But you still have to deal with the fact that people are going to ask questions, uh, and you, and you have to do a lot of education. But if you if you look at the nine positives and the two negatives, <laughs> the two negatives do not exist if you're busy hiding in your basement. Right. So the fact that the fact that we've actually gotten social reengagement. The fact that those things are even being pointed out as an issue means that we've been successful, and they don't get that. When they talk about the two major undesirable effects, you know, some being knowing how to react when faced with that difficulty, do you think they're talking about your your service dog knowing how to react when, you know, something like that is going down, or the actual person that is using the the help of the service dog? The the person using the help of the service dog. The dogs are well-trained. They know what to do. The, pr- the problem is, is that people with PTSD issues, um, by and large, a lot of them, a disproportionate number of them, one of the comorbidities is, is anger and rage issues. And mm-hmm. so, you know, pressing our hot button, um, you know, isn't necessarily a good thing. All we want to do is, you know, go about our business without having, uh, without having intrusions into our lives. And, you know, oftentimes, uh, even though we have public access, it doesn't stop the public sometimes for asking inappropriate questions about our medical history. And, you know, that can be, that can grate on you after a while. Sure. And shouldn't uh, a public education campaign, you know, uh, alleviate that? Well, absolutely. I mean, if the government was to say, okay, we're going to undertake a public education campaign to to make this, uh, you know, so that people are aware that, uh, that service dogs have the rights that they do. Uh, actually, it's the service dog handler that has the right. Uh, not the actual dog itself. Um, and, you know, I, these, these are a medical appliance. This isn't a nice to have for us. This becomes a, you know, part of our care and treatment plan. And, you know, the very fact that our government is, you know, in, in that report, you know, they chose to focus on those, those things. I mean, since this report was published uh, this morning, I've received an outpouring of support from our handlers saying, you know, we got our lives back because of you and the work you've done and our dog and, and things like that. And, you know, it, it, it really is what makes this fight so important because there are, um, you know, in, the, in that exact, in, in the research study that the uh, um, that VAC commissioned, 
by their own admission in 2011, they had over 14,000 cases of PTSD mm-hmm. at Veterans Affairs. They, in the same report, state that between 39 and 60% a year later are not responding to the treatments that VAC is providing. So if you round it off at 50%, that's 7,000 people that Veterans Affairs is knowingly failing right now, and they're not willing to look at alternatives. Do you have any any uh, stats on the success rate of people working with this, these uh, service dogs? Yeah, it's uh, it's a very high number. Somewhere probably ninety eight percent plus. Um, there are a couple of cases where it you know it has not worked, uh, and you know we've seen that. Um, thankfully, uh, we've been able to. Uh, um, we had a couple of pairings that the uh, the dog handler compatibility wasn't there. Uh, swapped out the dog, went back to the drawing board with the training uh, on, with the individual, with the new dog, and they're now got their life back. So, you know, it, it, you almost might as well say virtually 100% are responding um, to a very large degree in a positive manner. And in some cases, the results are absolutely overwhelming. So the full study um, is is not out yet. It's expected to be completed uh, July 2018. Uh, and that could make the case for funding service dogs. What would you like to, because we've only got about a minute left, but Medrick, what would you like, you know, to leave the AM640 audience with? What do you, what would you like the takeaway to be? The, the takeaway needs to be that, you know, I, I, I'm making a very public plea that the public get in touch with their members of parliament. They get in touch with the Minister of Veterans Affairs and say, you know what, stop dragging your heels and do the right thing. Just do right. It's not that hard. Yeah, and these are people that have served our country. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the cost of the service dog is. The people that need them have already paid the price. That's that's the issue. You know, they've gotten hurt on behalf of our country. Um, you know, it, the least we could do is, is take care of them. In the meantime, because the government never works too quickly, uh, is there a place where people could get in touch with you, people that might want to help, uh, you know, fund what you guys are doing? Absolutely. Uh, the, the easiest and simplest way is our social media presence, uh, pause, fur, as in dog fur, thought. Um, and you can reach us through there uh, and we will, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. Uh, we have a network of volunteers across the country that are willing to help out. And, you know, until we can get this problem addressed, you know, we're going to need the support of the public. I, I find it absolutely shocking that's not already funded by the government. I really appreciate your time today. It's been really informative and uh, and shocking. And, uh, and, and you know, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks. Medra Kuzno, co-founder of Pause for Thought, uh, helping veterans get paired up with service dogs. P- these are people with PTSD that have served our country and just can't live their lives properly anymore.